Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to Positive Living. It's always an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week and to bring you such amazing guests who inspire you. The show is now almost in year six. We've been on the air five years, and I've always believed in the Internet and the power of the Internet and particularly the power of the voice of Voice America. So I'm happy to be with you. I have a great guest. His name is Manuel Shook. His book is Healing with Qualities, The Essence of Time Therapy. Truly an amazing book. Manuel Shook is a gifted Swiss mystic, healer, therapist, and teacher who is visiting the States. He lives in in Europe. He, he, um, from childhood, had the gift of being able to perceive energy fields and has had various mystical experiences through his life. And he has studied with with many healers, and he was co-founder of the Analytics Center in Zurich. And then in 1974, he founded the Hi-Ho Collective, which was well-known in that time. And his teaching is practical and simple. Welcome, Manuel. Hi. Hi. I can't hear you well, so you'll have to speak up. Yeah, okay. Uh, tell us what you mean by this title, Healing with Qualities, the Essence of Time Therapy. What is time therapy? What, yeah, what is time therapy? Time therapy is based on the assumption that the past, like classical psychology says, is not that important because the most important is that each one of us has qualities and that we have to learn to work and to perceive these qualities instead of trying to analyze the weaknesses and then try to get rid of the weaknesses because if you work with the qualities, if they are there, then it doesn't matter if you have some weaknesses. That's the basic of time therapy. Yes. So... When you work with time therapy, what do you mean exactly? Are we looking at time here? Uh, the, the word time, the word time comes from the I, the ego, because we are saying the ego is time, the past experience, knowledge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when you look at the, at the word healing with qualities, what do we mean by qualities? Are these qualities that we have in our own personality or our own life? Okay, time therapy says you have fast feelings. Fast feelings are aggression, fear. You have slow feelings. That's mm-hmm. like uh, sadness, love, bliss. But all that is based on an atmosphere. Each person is like a unique melody. And this melody is the representation of the qualities. To say it differently, in every therapy, time therapy does, or we or I do, we never ask the question primarily, what went wrong with you? We ask the question, are you able to love? And if not, what can we do together that you can love again? Mm. So what you're saying is if you can't love again, then probably your feelings are anger or hurt or resentment or fear and you have to be able to get past that. Is that what you're saying? Um, not exactly. What, what I'm saying or what, what, what I try to get at is that you can only have fear. 
You can only feel hurt because, in fact, you have love. And love shows in different qualities. So we are trying to show people you are in nature love, and the only thing is not that you need to be loved, it is that you start to love. So, for example, one of the fundamental misunderstandings of psychology is that you only can give love as much as you have got love in childhood. And we say, this is wrong. You are in nature love, therefore, with your qualities, with that atmosphere, the question is never how much love you get, the question is how much love you can bring out there. Mm -hmm. So you're saying we all, as human beings, have that quality within us. Yes. Regardless of how tough our childhood has been. Sorry, yeah? Okay. Hello. All right. Go ahead. Yeah. So if we have had a very tough childhood, which I know in your book you talk about that you had, yeah. and we have anger and fear and resentment, how do you help people get in touch with that feeling of love within them? Okay, because I'm saying... Every form of aggression is a symptom of fear. Right. But if you look carefully, every psychological fear is a symptom of sadness. So we try to get, bring them in touch again that when they feel hurt, when they are angry, that in fact they are sad because they are sad that something happened to them. And in fact they are sad that they cannot express their own qualities and love. Mm-hmm. So you help them get in touch with that. Yes. And, and then once they that. are in touch with that, are they able to bring out the love? Exactly. And the way we do it are three levels. First, uh, observation and understanding of that you are in essence love and therefore that each form of aggression and fear is in fact part of love. The second is stillness, for trying to get them on a spiritual level, not just a psychotherapeutic level, but on a spiritual level where they see, where they perceive that in observing, without reacting, they suddenly have a connection to themselves differently than from what has happened from the past and the situation and the knowledge. And the third level, what I call out of the body, to get them in touch with something which is more than Mm. body-mind. So it's getting yourself really, you almost see yourself from another vantage point. Exactly. Because I say each level of fear, in fact, is rooted in love. You cannot feel hurt or be afraid if you wouldn't know what love is. And when you see that suddenly, it's not anymore a question of getting love. It's suddenly that you start to be compassionate. And once you have this movement outwards, away from you, that's what compassion means, Something changes also in yourself. Mm-hmm. All right, in here's fact, my question. The changing of perception. Yeah. Here's my question for you, if, if you don't mind going into this a little bit. Of course. I know from my reading that you had, you know, you were in orphanages and had some very traumatic incidences. 
Now, my question to you, where it seems as though you didn't have support and love at all from other people, is how did you yourself get through this to a place of love and eventually healing others? Okay, I'll give you a very simple example. Let me first explain what happened there in that home. Every day, for example, we were chained in beds. And at night sometimes, one of the nurses would come in with a knife and say, if you don't behave the next day, I will kill you. Now, when you are chained in bed, you have no ability to react whatsoever. Mm. At the beginning, you get panic, you get fearful, you, you, you are horrified. And then when I was about three, four years old, I cannot exactly pin down if it was three or already four, but very early, I started to see around what I call the aura, you can also call it the electromagnetic field, I started Mm -hmm. to see things. So one day, I remember very well that situation, one day about three, four years old, one of the nurses came in in the morning and I saw in her aura that the night before she was beaten up by her husband. And then suddenly I realized she is not aggressive towards me because of me. She is aggressive because she cannot deal with her own fear because of her own misery in her relationship. And from that day on, I realized I do not need to take that personally. What happened when you don't take something personally you suddenly can have compassion for that person. That's how in that moment, in that instant, things changed for me. I couldn't put it in words as a three, four years old. But right, my, let me ask you my, something. Huh? When, you then, when you saw her with compassion and saw that yeah. it wasn't you, did because you changed your perception, yeah. did that change her behavior? No. That will take longer until her behavior will change. She still was the same misery and aggressive because me as a three, four years old, how could I help her? And that's precisely what I'm always saying. The main problem, the deep hurt children have when their parents are against them or don't love them is not really because the the, the parents are bad towards them but because they see and feel the misery of the parents, and that leaves you at the beginning in a state of helplessness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But it seems to me from listening to you yeah. that if you did not have this ability at a young age to see ores and to almost put yourself outside of yourself, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to sustain the right. attitude. Right. That's why then later you need maybe a therapist who then helps you there. What I say is, but the therapy has to move from the classical to a second to, or to another additional level, and that's the spiritual part which helps people not only to see and to understand what has happened to them, but that there is a real transformation. They really need also to move into that stillness and the perception of their power of love. You know, I, I have to share this with you because it keeps it keeps coming through me as you were just saying that yeah. the book um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl when he was in the concentration camp yeah. and what sustained him and he 
saw death all around him, but he kept seeing the vision of his wife's face and seeing that love, and that's what got him through. Exactly. And that's only possible because deep in us, we can only suffer and be hurt because we know, we feel, we are that essence of love. So, do you work with people now in your work who've been deeply wounded and scarred? Can you repeat that, please? Yes. Do you work with people now in your work who've been deeply wounded? Yeah. And but I also the... work with people who, who want to improve the quality of life because I'm saying there are three stages, ill, normal, healthy. So from ill, that's the people who are hurt, psychological, but also body-wise, to normal. And then you need to make the next step from normal to quality to, to, to that essence to be really healthy. So we have also a lot of people who are not anymore really hurt or have deeply troubled problems, but simply who want to get on a level of a quality of life where they can share love with others. So, when you work with these folks, whether they've been very wounded or whether they're healthy but want to be happier, what's the first thing that you do with them? As I don't work individual, I work in groups, but the first thing I do, I try to get them in touch with their essence, which means I try to bring them to the level of in the feeling chain of sadness to see what has happened with them, but without personalizing it and then showing them their qualities. Because I believe deeply it is over your qualities you transform and not over understanding your weaknesses. Say that again, please. I didn't quite get that. Okay. Uh, Most of the time we assume that if the mind understands a weakness, a hurt, a problem, jealousy, whatever, it will start to change. But Mm -hmm. the fact that's not happening, it's over seeing and being in touch with your quality, with your beauty, that really something changes. So therefore, I really start immediately to work also with the quality aspect of a person. And it's surprising that most of people don't even know their own beauty, their qualities. Mm -hmm. And when you say the quality aspects again, you help them get in touch with their anger and fear and resentment, all of that. Yes, but always in a balance with the other part. There is not one person who can have fear if they wouldn't also have the connection to love. Mm And what what I really try to do, you see, what I really try to do is to to make them aware that it's not a question of being loved. You can be loved as much as you want. You will not be happy as long you are not able to love. Mm -hmm. Mm. So that means you're really feeling that connection to someone else, that unconditional feeling of of love. That's very important. And the 
problem is that a lot of people think love comes through the mind or through understanding and I say love follows stillness. You first need to get in a space of stillness and stillness is that you can observe whatever is there without the reaction. Mm-hmm. And that's where the meditation plays a role. Exactly. Yeah. Talk about the meditation. Well, time therapy or me, I have developed a new form of meditation. I call it modern meditation, which I describe in the new book, which is called Bitten by the Black Snake, which also came out in Sentient. And modern meditation is based on my observation and on what happens in in the body brain. If you look at modern neuroscience, you will see that millions of neurons in the brain are in fact not the most important thing. It's the synapses, the space between two neurons, which are the important thing. And modern meditation says we have to start to observe space. So I give you a simple example. In the old tradition, they would say, watch breathing, the breathing in and out. Mm-hmm. Modern meditation says, wait a moment, what's the essence of breathing? It's not the in-breath, it's not the out-breath, it's the space between the in and out and out and in-breath. Mm-hmm. So we learn people to watch that space. Or when you watch thoughts, very often they say just observe thoughts like if they would be a cloud. But modern meditation say watch carefully. Each thought has a beginning and an end. So the content is not really the important thing. It's the space in between. Like by a book, you cannot read a book if you wouldn't have a space between sentence, words, even letters. So we teach people to start to observe space. And it's amazing when you start to observe space what is happening. And then you certainly understand that in Christian tradition, in Buddhism, but also in Islam, what they call paradise, heaven. What is heaven? Heaven is the synonym for space. No form, the formless. And modern meditation is just based also on the on how the brain functions and the research on the brain, a way to help people who don't have any more time to sit for 20 years in meditation to get directly to the essence of things, and the essence is the space between everything, the formless. All right, Neil, what happens when people get in touch with that space? What happens to them after that? What's the the effect? Yeah, what happens to them now, I have to be careful because I don't want, you know, that that people think, oh, what is he telling here? But what happens, you have people who get healing. I have seen people, uh, cancer being healed because what is cancer? Cells who don't want to die. If there is no more space you have an accumulation of uh, of particles of, you can say, like frozen energy. Space is the contrary of it. You see people who suddenly get in a state of bliss. You see people who suddenly, even if the weaknesses are there, stop reacting to the form, to the outside world. Because the main thing is they start to see the only thing which really counts is observing your oneself. Observing your what? 
oneself. You see, there are two levels of observation. Observation towards the outside world, that's what we do constantly. 80% of the time we observe what's happening outside. Does that person like me? Do they react positive mm -hmm. to me? All these kind of things. And I'm saying the art is to observe only yourself. And only observing yourself means you see whatever is there, you don't give it a comparing, nor a judgment, nor a justification. You just see it, no reaction. And okay. suddenly there is this space, and you realize you are not only body-mind, you are more than body-mind. Not anymore as a concept, but as a real experience and realization. Amazing. All right, my guest today is Manuel Shook. His book is Healing with Qualities, The Essence of Time Therapy, and he is with us today from Europe. He's in the United States right now. Manuel Shook is a gifted Swiss mystic, healer, therapist, and teacher. And he was the co-founder of the Analytic Center in Zurich and in 1974 found, co-founded the HiHo Collective, uh, which was well-known at that time. And he teaches classics at the University of Zurich on bridging science and spirituality. He developed time therapy, which, about which he gives international talks, workshops, and training programs. And he's the director of the TuneIn Center for Time Therapy based in Zurich, London, and Athens. Folks, uh, if you have questions, you can give us a call today if you're listening live on, on June 4th on Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and that number is 866-472-5788. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Conversation at a click of a mouse. VoiceAmerica.com Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. There you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. 
The Financial Truth with Carla Cargill will bring a passionate, spirit-filled voice to talk radio, which will empower you to unleash your wealth within. Listen live every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Central Time on the Voice America Network as Carla shares common-sense wealth-building principles with a twist of humor that will take you from living paycheck to paycheck to living a life of more than enough. Join Carla every Friday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time and discover your money personality and learn the Ten Commandments to Wealthy Living. You will no longer be held captive by financial bondage. Let Carla Cargill teach you the financial truth, and the truth will set you free. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. VoiceAmerica.com Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. Hey, Dad. What? I can't get the ketchup bottle open. Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Will your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, everyone. We are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a great show for you today, talking about how we can heal our lives and, and be happy and some really interesting techniques. And you can give us a call at 866-472-5788. If you're listening to Positive Living Live on Monday, June 4th at 2 p.m. Eastern or 11 a.m. Pacific. My guest today is Manuel Schock. His book is Healing with Qualities, The Essence of Time Therapy. Manuel Schock is a gifted Swiss mystic, healer, therapist, and teacher. His style of teaching is both practical and very simple. He teaches classes at the University of Zurich on bridging science and spirituality. Manuel developed time therapy, about which he gives international talks, workshops, and training programs. And he's the director of the Tune-In Center for Time Therapy based in London, Zurich, and Athens, which he founded in 1984. He's with us today in the States, but is on his way back to Europe soon. Welcome, Manuel. Hi. Welcome. Good. Glad you could be with us. All right. Um, very simple question for you. You know, we're talking about really meditating to get in touch with that love part of ourselves and to be able to observe and to be able to understand those spaces in the meditation. When our mind runs, we then pay attention to the space in between. My question is, there are so many of us, and I'm included in this, that really have trouble stilling our minds. I mean, we can listen to a guided meditation, we can take a walk, we can listen to healing music, but to really still our mind is a challenge. How do you help people get into that place where they can do that? Okay, first, you, one has to understand that there are three different levels of fear to do that. Biological fear, psychological fear, that's the one we were talking in the first part, and spiritual fear. Most of people have it difficult to get really over a long time in meditation because whenever you move from one consciousness level to another one, there is in between a gap of nothing. And then they immediately jump out of it. You have to, cult I call it cultivating, you have to cultivate that your mind is constantly wanting to be feeded with things. That's the, that's the nature of the mind, and that's why we are surviving. That's evolution. So we have to see that when the gap comes of nothing, that the mind immediately wants to get back in a form, in seeing what's going on. So it mm -hmm. is very natural that we have difficulty not to feed the mind with concepts, with beliefs, with ideas, and the mind wants to see form and not the formless. That's very natural. So what I'm doing is I'm saying meditation cannot be done once for two or five minutes. You have to cultivate the space. You have to cultivate to see that the mind is not the enemy. The mind is needed in daily life. I'm, for example, saying there is no point of playing the game like in the East where they say you have to get rid of the ego. The ego helps you to survive, but you have to see that there are different levels and to cultivate that whenever you are sitting somewhere, let's call that meditation, 
and nothing is there, not immediately to react to that, nothing is there. Just see it, leave it, and it will take a certain time until that works. It's not something which works from one day to the other. But most of patient people don't have this patience. But all the religion have told you, you need a form, a structure of patience to be very waiting, waiting, waiting. Because we are fighting the mind and saying we have to be still. Or, for example, a lot of people think meditation is the ending of thoughts. If you would have no more thoughts, you would be dead. It's not the ending of thoughts. It's the ending of clinging, being attached to thoughts. Hmm. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. Okay. Now I, we I, have a well, moment of stillness. <laughs> Very good. See, and right away I jumped in and wanted to find out where the where the next thing was, and, which is wait, what you were talking about. I, wait, that's just what I wanted to show you now. The moment yeah. you don't know anymore what to ask, which means no more solution, no more asking, even not trying to understand something, that's exactly the moment you have meditation. And that's the problem. Most of people want to be answered questions, most of people want to have solutions, most of people are baffled when they do not understand something, mm -hmm. but I say the ending of understanding is the beginning of enlightenment. Interesting. When that desire... Oh, let me... Yeah. Go ahead. Let yeah. me ask you this. So when you're, when you're in meditation and you have a space, yeah. But the space is very short. I mean, yeah. it's like an instant. And then exactly. the mind starts going again. Exactly. That's, that's okay. That's okay because, you see, the energy system is a pulsation. So if there is not a reaching and then a stillness. That would be logic. But spirituality has no logic. It's a pulsation of a moment of stillness, what the Zen master would have called the glimpses. Then again, there then again absent, then again there. That's how the energy system works. That's how the universe works. That's how the heart works. It's a pulsation. So it's not once here and then a longer time there. It is a constant pulsation, but with the time, the pulsation becomes so that you suddenly see more the formless than the form. But it will never be just reaching and then pure stillness. It's very okay to have... This being there, almost, being like, almost like the ebb and almost like the ebb and flow of the tides of the ocean. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. that's, you see, people have a wrong concept of meditation, and that's what makes it so difficult for them to meditate. Yes, they I agree with it, that. They think it should be going to somewhere, and then it should be different. That's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things you talk, yeah, please. One of the things you talk about in your book are three levels of feelings, fast feelings, slow feelings, and your personal feeling climate. Talk yeah. about those. Okay. Fast feelings, every form for, of aggression needs body-wise an input of adrenaline. Then the not, not natural evolutionary process is either fighting or escaping or paralyzed. Now, a feeling, each fast feeling is a body reaction and only goes about, let's say, three minutes. That's evolution. 
when you were a thousand years ago, five, ten thousand years ago, you would have to either be able to run from a lion or fight a lion, or then it was over. Now, let's take the example of jealousy. You see your husband in bed with another woman. So you have for three minutes an input of energy, either to kill him or to run away or to be paralyzed. After Mm -hmm. three minutes, fast feelings are over, then salt comes. Then you bring in salt and you say, I'm correct that he is like that and it shouldn't be, but that's not anymore a feeling. So that's fast feeling. Slow feeling is in the movement of the feeling chain from that each aggression is a symptom of fear, each fear is a symptom of sadness, sadness is the bridge to love, there is stillness in between. Love, bliss, compassion is not based on the body, it is away from the body. It doesn't need an input of adrenaline. So it's away from the body. That's why I call it slow feelings. It has nothing to so do what, with cancer. So what happens yep. then if, you have, if that person's, if your husband or wife has been in bed with someone, what, what yep. does the slow feeling sound like? What happens then to you? Uh, first is the fast feeling. Right. Uh, if, you then, if you then do not react with the soul, because you can only keep that fast feeling up through thinking, through saying he is a bad guy, he is whatever, the feeling itself will be gone. So if you can stop that, then obviously you certainly will be again in a structure of what I call slow feelings. But this gap between the fast feeling and the slow feeling is very, very big. So it needs, I mean, if you see your husband in bed with another woman, it needs a lot of uh, already training, dealing with your slow feelings not to react over a long time negatively. But if you react negatively, at the end it hurts only yourself because after three minutes the feeling itself is gone. But the two feelings level, the fast feeling and the slow feeling, are based on what I call your atmosphere or what we talked at the beginning, the qualities. How you react to something, to a situation, at the end of the day depends on your atmosphere, on your overall structure. Let All right, so let, let, me, let me go back. This, this yep. is a tough example. I mean, this is yep. a very emotional example. Exactly. So let's say you've gone through the fast feeling of being angry and you have those feelings come up. Then yep. you go to the slow feeling where you observe it and you're no longer angry. Yep. But now, does that, mean, does that mean that you're supposed to forgive this and say it's okay? I mean, carry us through this scenario. Okay. No, no, you don't, you don't suppose to forgive because that would be moral. What happens is... A fast feeling, when you see that a fast feeling is only three minutes there and the rest is done by your thinking, okay? If you see that, then you stop acting because you see that your husband has hurt you or whatever, but you know that if you go on now in your mind, you're hurting yourself. There's still no feeling of, of, of uh, forgiving. It's just seeing that reacting is hurting yourself. There's no solution to reacting. Now, what happens is, if you take the Christian feeling, the Christian word of forgiveness, forgiveness is the movement of totally letting go of the past. If you don't put it on a moral level, if you put it on an energy level. So, the feeling is there, then you see that it's not life-threatening, 
You stop the hanging around in your head, and through that, you're not by forgiveness, you're by compassion. Now, this is easier to say than to be done, but if you look energy-wise, it always goes like that. You see a situation which is unpleasant, you react to it, that's the fast feeling, you see that the fast feeling is over, you don't hang around in your head, that's what Buddha meant with detachment, you don't justify what went on, you observe it only, and certainly you are in a slow feeling, you are in compassion, for a very simple reason. When you don't react to aggression, it moves automatically to fear. When you don't react to fear, it automatically moves to sadness. When you are by sadness and you don't react to it, you have sadness and love certainly at the same time. The combination of both is compassion. Mm. All right. I still still want you to take us through this, what, what happens now when you've gone through the fast feeling and the slow feeling of catching your husband okay. in an affair. Okay, let me so, go once more. Or yeah. Let me so, go once more there. Let okay, because more. I want to know, so we, we want to say to people, so how do you handle this? How you handle this? What if, if, you, if you look very carefully, you are never, the first amount is aggression, Okay. But in, then comes immediately fear. That's normal. Everybody who has a situation like that, she sees the, the husband with another girl, the first thing is aggression, then comes immediately fear. Now, if you don't react to it, no one can avoid that you will move to sadness. Now, there's a, And once you are by sadness, you stop acting towards the outside. Sadness is the movement towards the inside. And then you're suddenly connected with your stillness, with your movement of observing yourself. That's, that's the way. So what I learn people is whatever situation happens in the outside, even if it's the worst situation, your only way to deal healthy with it is not to react with the first impulse, but to see what is really happening behind it is you are sad and when there is sadness there is no solution therefore you are in stillness you know what Rumi said Rumi said once you have to have the courage to sell knowledge and to become helpless and that's precisely the same structure and everybody, everybody can see it. When, when you are in that situation, you know, if you observe, that in fact it's fear and not aggression, and that in fact it's sadness and not fear. And that's the healthy reaction. Now, you cannot learn that if you are constantly in this kind of situation. It is through seeing the process and doing meditation that you learn to react differently when, when, if you are unlucky, situations like that appear. Does that mean that you forgive this person and move on, or not necessarily? You see, you don't, you don't need to. The beauty is you don't need to forgive. To forgive is letting be the past as it is. So you don't need to forgive. What happens is you simply move on because you... you uh, Stop observing the outside, you start to observe the inside. That's the beauty of it. It happens by itself. 
And so then what happens? So I'm sure you people in this situation. So they, the, the husband or the wife is having an affair. They yeah. move from the outside to the inside. Yeah. Then what usually happens after that? What is the outcome of this the in the, in the that, physical? The outcome of that is in the physical that you feel not anymore dependent. You feel that's the amazing thing, very strong. And you can move on with your life. Either you can solve the situation in talking together or you will move on with your life. But you you suddenly are realizing that you are not depending on the situation and on the person. And that gives you a tremendous stillness, peacefulness, and at the same time vitality to solve the problem, to go on with your life. Without guilt and without remorse. Without guilt and w- without no, because you you don't you don't you don't have that guilt then, because it's dependency who creates the guilt. Mm-hmm. Mm. Very powerful. It's 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 sometimes I'm asking you a lot of questions, Manuel, because I think yeah, I like it's that. a tough concept for people to yeah. get. Of course, but of course. it's. But what you're saying is if you can move past those fast feelings and the reaction and get to that place of observation and stillness, you You see it differently. Yes, and you are free and you are independent from situations. Can you imagine that 80% of our energy we spend towards the future? What will happen? Will they like me? What will do? Right. Most of people don't really do what they like in life because of the fear, what will other people do? And if you move to that inner stillness, this is gone and you are free. Mm. Mm. All right, we have we have very little time left, so if people get one thing out of this interview and from your book, Healing with Qualities, The Essence of Time Therapy, what would you like them to get? What's your message? My message is, Realize that it is never about you getting love. It's always about you loving. Mm-hmm. And then you will be happy even if situations are in between that. That's the first message. The second message, when you start to love, you don't need anymore to deal with your weaknesses. The problem is not the weaknesses. The problem is do you get in a movement of love or not? Now let me, I want to to finish with explaining to love is not to do something. It is to be receptive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, that's like listening. When you really listen, you are receptive. You don't already think what you want to answer. Love is the same. It's one of the most passive energy you can imagine. You become totally receptive. And that is independent possible from your status, from where you live, from your culture, from your weaknesses, from your problems you have. It's always there and always possible. Thank you so much for being on the program. I thank, thank you. you and if much. people, thank you, and stay on the line. I'd love to speak with you afterwards. If people want to be in touch with you, your website is www.tune-in.ch. Yes. Okay. And, and um, the practical new book, which is out now, is Bitten by the Black Snake. It's just out snake. in America since a week now. 
All right, and then that is timetherapy.co.uk. Yes. All right. All right, stay on the line, Manuel. It's wonderful yeah. to have you on the program. Okay. I'm so glad Thank we could you do this. Much. Thank you. All right, hold on. Stay on. Folks, just want to tell you about next week's show. My guest is Dawn McIntyre, who is a certified angel therapy practitioner. She's a sixth sensory intuitive, a light body graduate. She specializes in psychic readings, mediumship, and light body healing. She's a trained intuitive, and she has a deep desire to shine a clear light on the path of your soul and assist us in removing obstacles along the way. And she's passionate about inspiring others to be the best they can be. I've worked with her. She's amazing. So my guest again is Dawn McIntyre, and you can log on to chrysaliscallings.com. Folks, you've, you've been listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be with you each week. Until next time, for Positive Living, have a wonderful day. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Have a great day. been listening to Positive Living.